We're going to read verses 1 through 2. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. You have it? Let's read together. Ready, read. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Amen? Now let's declare a blessing over this word. I want to continue to use what we were given uh, in Frankfurt on last week. And we're going to declare this together. Ready? Let's do it. I will come to visions and revelations of who you are. Pour out your spirit upon me and make known your words unto me. Make me to understand the way of your precepts. So shall I talk of your wondrous works. Open up my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your word. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened that I may know what is the hope of your calling. Show me, Father God, great and mighty things which I know not of. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. We're talking today again, thank you, gentlemen, about hearing the voice of prosperity. Hearing the voice of prosperity. This is part two of that. Hearing the voice of prosperity, part two. Glory to God. How many of y'all were here Wednesday night? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, and if you weren't here, uh, I hope, yes, sir. I hope you watched it live and or uh, went back and watched it uh, sometime since Wednesday. Uh, it's very important that we really grab hold of the word of God and uh, let it saturate and seep deep into our hearts. Uh, so that we can go where God wants us to go. Okay? Okay? Now, we, we're going we're gonna to stomp on some religious toes. We're going to cut some religious necks. But they have to be cut. Let them bleed out. <laughs> well, they can't come back on us. Because religion has been holding the people of God back. From walking in the fullness of God. You know, over in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse, um, I believe it's 19. Ephesians 3.19 talks about us being filled with the fullness of God. Get on the screen for me, please. Let me make sure it's right. So that, that we, to, for us to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. God wants us filled with all his fullness. Got it? Now, how many of y'all, when I said Ephesians 3.19, you just knew what it was right away? You knew? Okay. Okay, Grandma, you knew. Ephesians 3.19, you knew. It means filled with the fullness of God. That's, that's what was in that verse. But I, I guarantee if we were to go to the next verse, everybody would say, well, I know that one. Because once you get filled with the fullness of God, now. Now unto him. After you get filled with the fullness of God. People are trying to get the now unto him without getting the filled with the fullness of God. <laughs> and it doesn't happen that way, ladies and gentlemen. I, I want to I really encourage you uh, to recommit yourself to God. To rededicate yourself to God. I'm doing all right, Pastor. No, I, don't, I don't mean doing all right. I'm talking about really recommit and rededicate yourself to God where uh, you do as uh, Matthew 6.33 talks about seeking first his kingdom. 
Over in Luke 12, it just says, seek his kingdom. Just seek his kingdom. Then all these things will be added to us. And one of the reasons why we're not experiencing the all things added is because we're not really seeking his kingdom. We're seeking our own way, our own ideas, our own agendas, our own plans, and they're not working. Tell your neighbor, your plans aren't working. Tell them they were cute. They're cute plans, but not working. I got a retirement plan. It ain't going to work. I got a plan to get out of debt. It ain't working. <laughs> Doctor put me on a health plan. It ain't working. It ain't working. You know it ain't. You know, and you know it ain't. That's the problem. You know it ain't working. But God has a plan for our lives. We looked at that in Jeremiah 29, verse 11 on, on Wednesday night. The NIV says he has plans to prosper us, to give us a hope and to give us a future. All right? So let's get with his plans, which requires us to really seek his kingdom. I'm going back to Ephesians 3.19 so that we, we need to get filled with his fullness, Barbara. We need, to get, we need to get so full of God, not full of, not full of the TV. I better turn back this way. Not so full of the TV. Not so full of all this entertainment on YouTube and Facebook. You, you, you are so full of, of, you, of Facebook. You know everything going on on Facebook. You hit the end of the internet. And you're full of that and you're broke. Full of that and sick. Full of that and marriage falling apart. Full of that. Children are out of just out of control. Because you're full of the wrong thing. Because once you get filled with the fullness of God, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above. Switch over for me because this is not moving some people. Switch to the Amplified on verse 20. Ephesians 3 verse 20 and Amplified. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, go to verse 19 amplified. Go to verse 19 amplified. Let's see what 19 says. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through all your being spirit, soul, and body full of God unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body holy, that means completely, filled and flooded with God himself. This is in my nose. This is the Holy Ghost. He's obviously needed us to, to pause right here for a second. Flooded with God himself. Now, verse 20, to him who by consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, his power work within us, that's because we're filled with his fullness, is able to carry out his purpose and do, and do, super abundantly, far up over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest, come on, prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Infinitely beyond, infinitely beyond our highest thoughts, hopes, prayers, and dreams. So we got to get filled with the fullness of God. Amen? Amen. All right. 
let's, let's try to pick up where, where we were here on Wednesday. Now, we, we looked at Acts uh, 3, Acts 3.19. This is just review here. Okay? Acts 3.19, and uh, we're going to go through about verse 21 or so. It says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. That's important. Even in today's time. Even for all the grace people. Repent. Therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That word times is, is the, the Greek word kairos, that moments, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord or visitation. That he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before. Verse 21, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. That times is the word chronos, Greek word chronos. It's a little different than the first one. Kairos are special times and seasons and moments. Kronos is a specific time. Got it? A specific time frame. Uh, you remember back in uh, February, I believe it was, in a Kairos moment, the Lord had me declare a Kronos time. Right? In a Kairos moment, Prophetic moment, God had me declare 90 days. That's a chronos time of visitation and manifestation. And what happened? All kind of things happened. <laughs> Maybe y'all forgot about all kind of stuff. All kind of things happened. All kind of miracles happened. All kind of uh, supernatural things happened in people's lives. Praise God. Healings and financial miracles and I mean all kind of things. Praise God. Restoration, pregnancies, all kind of stuff. All right. Now, the Bible says that in verse 22, for Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Him you shall hear. Him you shall hear. Him you shall hear. So a prophet, him you shall hear. In all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among, from among the people. So God, when he sends a prophet to you, it's important that you hear what the prophet says to you. Got it? Well, nothing happened to me for, my, for 90 days. Well, did you hear? Well, I heard what you said. No, 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 no. That's, I didn't mean did you hear it. Did you hear it? In other words, did you take heed to it? Did you make it yours? Because if you, if you heard it and made it yours, then I guarantee you something happened to you in 90 days. Because a prophetic voice, a prophetic word can't go forth without bringing some manifestation. Glory to God. You, you don't have to stone me. You know, all right, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You know, and the Bible said the prophet prophesies a word that don't come to pass. You stone him. You kill him. <laughs> you don't have to stone me. I'm still here. Because when I prophesied a word, it worked, that word came to pass. Didn't come to pass of me. That's your bad. You didn't hear. All right. Now, 
Back in Deuteronomy 28. So you have to hear. You have to hear. Okay, Deuteronomy 28. Glory to God. Y'all with me today? And how many of y'all have read Deuteronomy 28 before? Especially verses 1 through 14. You may not have read all the chapter, but at least verses 1 through 14, you become acquainted with these blessings because that's what you're looking for in your lives, right? But there's, there's something that qualifies you for these blessings. Teachers today will say that there's nothing you have to do to qualify for, for God's blessings. But these blessings, there is a qualifier. And it's in verse 1 and 2. The very first thing he says is, it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now, they want to get rid of the, the commandments, the Big Ten, all the 600 laws, whatever. And that's, that, I'm not going to argue with you on the 600. Now, I'll argue with you on the 10. I'll argue all day with you on the 10 because the 10 are God's commandments. The 10, God wrote himself twice. With his own finger. You can't get rid of what God, what God wrote. His word is forever. So he never got rid of his big 10. Got it? But he's not talking about specifically here the big 10. He said obey his voice. So God is always going to speak something. And just like he was speaking in this day, he's speaking in 2019. Okay? And he says here, so obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you where? High above what? All nations of the earth. I told you the other night, God is not an equality God. God is an equal opportunity God, but he's not an equality God. God does not want you to be equal with everybody else. Too many people in the body of Christ trying to come down to being equal. Fighting for equality. God don't want you fighting for equality. He don't want you to be equal. He said, I will set you high above. Tell your neighbor, stop trying to be equal. Women fighting for equal rights. Black folk fighting for equal rights. LGBT fighting for equal rights. We all want equality. Sit your tail down. Ain't no equality in the kingdom. God is equal opportunity. Got it? Verse 2. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. Oh, man, I'm, 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 I better back up. I better back up because somebody got mad when I talked about black folk fighting equal rights. We need equal rights. We need black folk need to need some equality. They ain't going to give it to you. They're not going to give it to you. You think they're going to give it to you? They, they, them? You, that's you work. You wait on them to give it to you? But in the kingdom, there's no male or female or Jew or Gentile. In the, in the kingdom, we all have equal opportunity. We all have equal rights in the kingdom. That's why you got to get over into a higher kingdom. All right. Praise the Lord. So notice here, again, verse 1 began with obeying the voice. Verse 2 ended with obeying the voice. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 
All right, now, I told you this Wednesday night because he, talk, he talks about setting you high, and then he talks about all these blessings coming upon you and overtaking you. So God's voice always leads to prosperity. God's voice always leads to prosperity. Anything God says is to lead you into prosperity. God doesn't say anything to lead you into destruction, into poverty, into sickness, into lack, into any kind of drama. Anything God says is designed to lead us into prosperity. You know why? Because that's all God has is prosperity. God is a prosperity God. Glory to God. He's a good God. I said he's a good God. And all God has is good things for us. So anything he says is designed to lead us into this kind of prosperity. Y'all got it? Now, I want, I want to show you an example of this in Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33. Hallelujah. And we're going to look, uh, let me start at verse 1. Jeremiah 33. Hallelujah. And uh, verse 1. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still shut up in, in the court of the prison, saying. So God's talking to a prisoner. And about to prophesy prosperity to a prisoner. To and through a prisoner. He says in verse 2, thus says the Lord who made it to us, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Verse 3, what did he say? Call on me and I will answer you and show you, come on, which you do not know. So if you call God and when he answers you, because it's not a matter of if he answers you, it's a matter of if you call. Because if you call, he will answer. Ain't no maybe so about that. If you call, he will answer. But when he answers, he says, I will show you or tell you, declare to you great and mighty things which you do not know. So God's never, he's not going to speak small and petty things. He's talking big things. He's talking way bigger than your brain can even calculate right now. Oh, my God. I told my wife, I, uh, was yesterday, Friday night, or Saturday morning, I was I, in a dream. I got up, man, and in, the, in a dream, y'all don't get offended by this. In a dream, I was preaching to y'all. But it was a big church. But it was, it was, I knew it was our church. Big old balcony and everything. And I'm preaching. As I'm preaching, man, I'm, I'm walking around. I'm blazing in the Holy Ghost, man. And I'm walking. I'm up in the balcony preaching, Sister Gary. Preaching. I'm preaching the house. Thing. But when I'm preaching, you don't get offended when I say this. I'm preaching, and, and, and the Lord had, had already elevated us. And he had me challenging the people. And I, I remember going around saying, you don't have stewards yet? I'm walking around the church and I'm saying, you still cleaning your house? I'm walking around saying, you, you still cooking your own food? And I'm, 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 I mean, the Holy Ghost is unto me and I'm saying, I'm by the Holy Ghost saying, what's wrong with you? How you still doing all this stuff? Y'all, y'all, I told you don't get offended. I'm told, I told you don't get offended. And he, he kept, he, over, and over, over and over again, he kept putting the word in my mouth, stewards. And I kept saying, y'all don't have stewards yet? You still driving yourself around? 
still washing your car? You still washing your own clothes? What you doing still doing all that stuff? Do you know who you are? Now I know most folk can't handle what I'm saying. This is in a dream. This is in a dream. And I know that God speaks to prophets in dreams and visions. So I hope you understand where we are going. No, y'all didn't get it. I said I hope you understand where we are going. Because the day is going to come according to Isaiah chapter 61 where somebody else is going to be standing and feeding your flock. You shall be called ministers, priests of the Lord. You ain't going to have time to be cutting no yard, washing no clothes, doing none of that stuff. Somebody else is going to be doing it for you because you're going to be serving God full time. I was, hey, Elder Baker, I was preaching. I was, I'm going to say it myself, I was on fire. It was Holy Ghost fire, prophetically declaring through my mouth that we're going to have stewards. He kept saying the word stewards. A steward is somebody else that, that you entrust to handle your affairs. You better get with me here. We ain't playing no games no more. Hallelujah. I came back from Frankfurt changed. I'm not the same man that boarded that plane the other day and went up there. I'm a different man when I came back. I ain't playing. We ain't holding back. We ain't stepping back. If you can't go with me, that's going to be your bad. But I'm going to give a voice to whatever God says. And if he said you're going to have stewards, you're going to have stewards. She went to grocery shopping Friday morning and came home, came on, now Friday morning, that's Friday, Friday, Friday yeah, Friday at noon. Came home, she got in the car and said, that did it. I ain't going to the grocery store no more. No, we already know, they got services that'll do that for you. So you don't, you ain't, you ain't got to have full-time staff for that. I'm sitting out there, and we're out there Saturday morning, just after that dream. So we're out there on, on the lanai. The, the lanai. Some of y'all call it a patio. But proper people, we call it a lanai. Sitting over looking the pool. Looking out at the Garden of Eden that God's given us. And we're praying in the Holy Ghost and praying, just praying over the word of God. We're praying over, over you all and we're praying for all our partners and we're praying. And I was telling my wife, I said, wow. I walked and I looked over there in this area. Ever, ever since I hired somebody to now take over the lawn service, how much better it looks. I said, man, that looks good. Why? I got a stewards. Now, they're not full-time. They don't work for me. I said, but baby, the day is going to come when we have an estate that we have to have full-time. To maintain our gardens. 
but that's what Isaiah, Isaiah 61 said. I'm not preaching or prophesying something that God isn't agreeing to. I'm prophesying. Pastor Joshua, you're not going to have time to be doing all that stuff you've been doing. Listen, Jeff, think about it. All the stuff you do, you got all them tools, lawn tools and garden tools and work around the house tools. All You're going to have to get rid of all that stuff. Man, you might have time to use all that stuff. See, what are you hearing? The voice of prosperity. And what you got to do is shake out of your religion and shake out of your poverty. Because sometimes poverty can have you, I'm going to show you this here later on. Poverty can have you so strong. You can, you can hear the voice of prosperity being spoken, but you can't get with it. What was on Jeremiah 33? I ain't even finished. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. God's still talking. Tell your neighbor, God's still talking. Behold, I will bring it health. This is all part of prosperity here. Health and, come on, somebody can grab a hold of that today. Health and healing. That's all included in your prosperity. Health and healing. Health and healing. That means that health and healing are two different things. If so, he wouldn't he would have just said healing. But he said health and healing. That's wholeness right here. He said, I will heal them. And then he said, reveal to them the abundance of peace. Peace is, is shalom, another word for prosperity. He said, So I want you to have an abundance of prosperity. And truth. So you're going to have prosperity and then you, you deceive and believe in lies. Real prosperity comes through the truth. It's the same John who said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in the truth. The same one who then said, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. So he knows that when you get the truth of the word of God, you will prosper. And too many people in the body of Christ have not been getting the truth. They've been getting some of man's watered down little lies. They've been telling about, well, you know, if you go through some God trying to teach you a lesson and, you know, God, God, you know, long as you just got a couple little butter beans and a little, you know, ham in your, in your pocket or whatever, you, that, ain't, that, ain't, that ain't the truth. How I know the truth? Watch what God said. Can I keep going? Look at verse, verse 9, 369 here. Watch verse 9. Then it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all nations. He said, I'm going to do this for everybody to see. That means you can't have no little blessing. Y'all ain't saying that. You can't have no little manifestation. He said before all nations. Everybody going to see what you're rolling in. He said before all nations of the earth who shall hear all the good that I do to them, they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness 
and all the prosperity that I provide for. That means he's going to make you so prosperous. He's going to give you so much goodness, so much prosperity that the nation's going to fear and tremble. They're going to look at you like, oh, oh don't, don't, don't say nothing. Don't. Can you hear this? No, can you hear this? Ask your neighbors, a neighbor, do you hear the prophet? Do you hear what he's telling us? Now ask him, do you believe it? Are you just going to sit there like a lump on a log in the midst of all this word and keep them out? I got to wrangle you out of your mess. I got to wrangle you out of your comfort. I got to wrangle you. Some of you, I got to wrangle out of your discomfort. You're, you're so uncomfortable. You, 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 you think comfort is so far-fetched. You know, sometimes in a physical body, you can, be, you can have been in pain so long, you can't even imagine what it's like anymore to not have pain. You can be broke, busted, and disgusted so long. You have no idea, don't, can't even imagine what it will be like. But you get lottery dreams. Lottery dreams. One day if I hit, you got to go over to the casino. One day if I hit, I might just hit. No, you getting hit. Every time, upside your head. I'm trying to tell you there's a, there's a way to do this and God has it all laid out for us. Glory to God. You're going to hear his voice. I declare you're going to hear his voice. That's why we're making that declaration all the time about hearing about visions and dreams. Hearing, hearing God's voice and him opening our eyes. Him showing us great and mighty things so we can hear his voice. And when you hear his voice, his voice is going to lead you to prosperity. Y'all got it? Now, let's keep going here. This is still review. But I found out wins, I got to review more. Romans 10 and verse 12. I'm going to keep drilling this here. I'm going to keep drilling this. I'm trying to find somebody who will go with me. Seriously. My wife and I are trying to find who's who going to go with us. That's what we want to know. Who's who going to go with us? Glory to God. <laughs> I can tell you a lot of people in here not going. But whosoever will, let him come. <laughs> let him come. We're going somewhere, brother. You're going away, you're going to have service. Yeah. I don't even, I don't want to say serve. Okay, say stewards like, like that I heard in the dream. Stewards. You're going to pay them. Well. Take good care of them. See, some of y'all have, you struggling with what I say because you're trying to imagine, now I don't have enough for me. How am I going to have enough for a steward? When God gives you goodness, 
and prosperity that makes the world fear and trembling? Trembling? People are gonna they're gonna wanna work for you. Because you're gonna be a, a righteous employer. Good to them. Good to them. You're gonna treat them like, like no slave, no servant. No, they're gonna they're gonna enjoy. Do I have anybody wanna go here? Now, I understand this takes some work in our soul. I understand that. I was telling my wife, we were talking about this yesterday about, you know, the Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And I thought, you know, I was saying, when you see how God operated in, in Solomon's life, now we say, well, I see it now so I can think it. But the truth is, it don't, just because I saw it don't mean I can think it. Because he's talking about to imagine it as a reality. And I, I, I said this, I said, I realized what, even what I saw in, in Solomon's life, I could imagine him in it. But I yet had not imagined me in it. I'm just telling my own testimony here. I, and I know if I'm like that, you probably like that too. You, you, can, you can see Solomon and you can see David, but you have not been able to see you. Nothing going to happen until you see you in it. Where did I tell you all to go? Romans 10. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, Romans 10, verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is what? Rich to all who call upon him. All who call upon him. Glory to God. Give me that same verse real quick, media in the, the Passion Translation. So when it says rich to all, I want to make sure no religious demon can, can fight us on this. So then faith eliminates the distinction between Jew and non-Jew. Faith eliminates that. For he is the same Lord for all people, and he has enough treasures. So you know what he's talking about here. He has enough treasures to lavish generously upon all who call upon him. So I don't need to get jealous when Thomas Wishup gets his. He has enough treasures to lavish generously on all who call upon him. Got it? All right, so go back to the New King James Version here. Verse uh, 13 says, For whoever calls on the, name, on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a who? without a preacher. So they can't call until they believe, they can't believe until they hear, and they can't hear without a preacher. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. So I have beautiful feet for sure. Glory to God. Glory to God. Dogs, no, these beautiful feet. Glory to God. Now, I shared that with you on Wednesday night. This euangelo, euangelo, okay, this word, uh, euangelizo, rather, the gospel, which comes from two words, you and angelos, which means to be well off and uh, to prosper. Okay, I want to highlight prosper. And then 
Also, Angelos to be a messenger from God. We just simplified that way. So how beautiful are the feet of the ones who preach prosperity? So every preacher has to preach prosperity. I contend it. And I believe the Holy Ghost backs me up. If you're not preaching prosperity, you're not sent by God. Because anytime God sent a man, he was to bring his people out of something and into something. Out of sin, yes, so that they can enjoy his blessings again. Even if you have preachers who are preaching eschatology, end times, they need to be preaching the end times restoration. If they're only telling you about the Antichrist and the mark of the beast and the 666, if that's all they're talking about, it's just ear candy. It's just soul candy. It's not doing anything for you. Because Revelation even talks about the restoration of all things. This is what it is. You don't believe me, you read in your own time Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. And you'll see that. You got it? All right, now, so somebody has to preach this gospel, this good news. And then the problem in verse 16, they have not all obeyed the gospel. That's the problem. The reason why God's people are so still, so broke, still in the bondage of debt, and lack is because they've not obeyed. That word obey literally means listen to it. They've not heard it. It's not a new message. You just haven't been listening. Haven't been listening. Haven't been listening. For years, my wife and I weren't listening. We were doing our own thing with our own smarts. Our own plans, making a big, hot, stinking mess. And anybody who was preaching prosperity, we ridiculed them, attacked them. I guess something happens when you get so broke. <laughs> when you got all these heads of children, I hate to say heads, that's cattle. When you have all these children you got to feed, light bills to pay. Mortgage, everything, swamping us. Card notes, credit cards. Student loan debt. Everything just swamping you, just eating you alive. You say, Lord, I don't know what to do. And he set up. God set up for us to one night, just in passing, to hear a message by, uh, uh, I'm going to just tell you, Jesse Duplan has just preached a message one night. One night, just... Just walking through the house, just, just mind our own business, but all of a sudden that, that message is on and the words are just coming through the television at us. What happened? We got so desperate for God, we called out to him and he opened our ears. What we had been shut up against, he opened our ears now to hear something. Oh, and the thing about it is what we heard, they kept reading it out of the Bible. My problem was I was so smart, I didn't know the Bible had more words than I had already read. I thought I knew the Bible, but I found out I didn't know the Bible, Rona. They were reading stuff I didn't know that was in there. What? 
My good old Kojic self, I didn't know that was in the Bible. What? What God will do for you? I was only taught about what we're to do for him. Come on now, help me out. I was only trained in what we're to do for God. I was never told about what God would do for me, what God would do for you. So I'm walking around. I got a burden for the Lord. I got a burden for the Lord. I'm walking around. I got a burden for the Lord. And God said, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's wrong with you, boy? I want to give you a good life. And now when he supernaturally unlocked my understanding, he unlocked my wife's understanding. He did it at the same time. I don't have to go teach her this. She, she heard the same time. What? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear what he just said? That's in the Bible. And all of a sudden now, we just praise God. So I got to hear the messenger. Y'all okay? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you this too. My, this was, this has been 2007, 8, it was a long time ago. I'm trying to think what year that was. Yeah, it was way back. When we heard that message. 05, was it? It was a long time ago. Well, we were broke. Broke. Y'all know Kuda Brown? If you don't know who Cooter Brown is today, but I'll tell you who Cooter Brown is. Broken and Cooter Brown. Well, come this year, 2019, my wife and I agreed, all right, God's brought us out of debt. He's done great things for us. We believe in God for millionaire status. And so we know we got to start sowing for that. Putting seed in the ground. We got to start thanking God. So this year, beginning of the year, D. That same minister who preached that word to us back in that day, the Lord said, put $5,000 in his ministry. We did it. $5,000. Now, y'all not. See, when we first heard it, we couldn't put together $5. But now, Oh, we partnered. I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about we couldn't do no 5,000. We couldn't do no 500. We couldn't do no 50 at one time. But this year when he said put 5,000 in there at one time, yes, sir. <laughs> Why? Why? We heard the same message been out there. So if you've been around me preaching this for the last 10 years and you can't write 5,000, what are you hearing? Y'all didn't see that? See, this This where everybody, thank you for your text yesterday. I'm not picking on you. What I'm, I just want to make sure you understand. That what has to change is not the preacher. The preacher is doing his, his job. The seed of the word is going forth. Is are you hearing? Yeah. 
It shall come to pass if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. See, the only thing that we did was we started hearing and obeying. We start doing, started doing everything that we were taught. Without question. We didn't have to go home and pray about it. Okay, should we pray about partnership? Should we pray about vows? Should we pray about first fruits? Okay, Lord, is, that, is this something? Do I need to find further proof? I ain't, I ain't need no further proof of nothing. If it, they showed us in the Bible. It's the Bible. It's truth. And just did it. And so when he said write 5,000, I didn't write a check physically. I don't write checks. No, you write a check. Just type it on the computer. 5,000. Some of y'all looking at like deers in the headlights. <laughs> he bragging. I'm not bragging. I'm boasting in the Lord. Because I'm telling you, there was no way I couldn't do $5. And we, were, we had good jobs. We left those good jobs to go full time in the kingdom of God. We couldn't put together no five dollars. Praise and 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 I'm gonna keep going here. Y'all, y'all wanna keep going? Y'all wanna go where I'm talking about? How many of y'all wanna be able to write five thousand dollar checks anytime? All right, okay, so listen to what I'm saying to you then. Listen to what I'm saying to you. He had us keep doing it too. That wasn't it for this year. <laughs> talking about we, we talking about believing for a millionaire status. You gotta you gotta drop some seed. Glory to God. Now Luke four and verse eighteen, because the Bible said that Jesus or that that um, how shall they hear without a preacher? The preacher is preaching good news. Luke 4 verse 18, Jesus says something here. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. How many of y'all have read that before? Okay, now we went over this Wednesday night. That statement is a singular statement by itself. If you read the, 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 the you understand the, the punctuation? If you read it in different translations, in fact, other translations, it'll put a period after that poor. Now, some of y'all did. Some of y'all checked me out, didn't you? That's good. Check me out. When I say something, check me out. Check it in the scripture. You'll find out I'm not going to lie to you. I don't need to lie to you. The Bible's right all by itself. <laughs> I'm not trying to trick you into something. It's right there in the word. So Jesus Christ, his anointing was upon him to preach the gospel to the poor. Period. To give them some good news. Got it? Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing philanthropy. He went about doing good. And healing all those who were pressed of the devil, for God was with him. So the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, he anointed who? Jesus. 
Jesus of what? Nazareth. Nazareth. Everybody say Nazareth. Nazareth. Okay, go back to Luke 4.18. Luke 4.18. And when you get to verse 18, go back to verse 16. Verse 16, I, I believe that's, that's where it is. So he came to where? Nazareth. Now listen to this. It's very, very important, ladies and gentlemen. He, he is Jesus of Nazareth. He came to Nazareth. And when he came to Nazareth, you get to verse 18, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now he came where to say this? So he came to Nazareth. Now if you've been around here for a while, I've taught you about Nazareth versus Capernaum. Capernaum was a suburbs. Capernaum is a place where it's a seaside village of comfort. It's the place everybody wants to live. But Nazareth was the hood. So the Bible says he came to the hood. Jesus. He came to the hood and said there's something on me to preach the gospel to the poor. So he went and preached the gospel to the poor folk in Nazareth. Now that's all because most of the folk today will say you can't go preach prosperity to poor people. Poor people can't have prosperity. They won't get it. And yet he said he used the poor place to announce his ministry. And he said my primary ministry is to preach the gospel, the good news to poor folk. And the good news to poor folk is you ain't got to be poor no more. He didn't come preaching salvation to them. He was in Nazareth. He was in the slums. He was in the hood. He was preaching to the projects. He was preaching to the, to the folk on welfare, LDC and Section 8 and food stamps. Preaching to some single mamas with three head and four head of kids and trying to tell them, hey, I got you. God's got, there's something on my life, I got you. I'm preaching some good news to you, girl. says God anointed him and he went about handing out money doing good so he was demonstrating what he was talking about y'all getting this here hallelujah now you would think that poor people want to hear about prosperity See, this is this, important, this is important. Brother Joshua, see, when you're in Haiti, they got to hear some prosperity. Kirk, when y'all are in Naco, they got to hear prosperity. Africa, they got to hear prosperity. Bethel Heights? Oh, Citrus Grove, now, nah, that's Bethel Heights, baby. Bethel Heights, they got to hear some prosperity. Come on now, I don't want to call out neighborhoods because some of y'all might live in neighborhoods, you get mad at me. I don't want to call out your neighborhood. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about wherever you are. You could be in Lakewood Estates, North, Northeast, or Shore Acres, I don't care wherever you are, you need to hear about this prosperity. Yeah, a lot of Santa Spurs, y'all, is in the Lakewood Estates, and 
blue tarps on roofs in Lakewood Estates and everywhere. It don't matter where you are. Just something wrong. You know why? You know why they got a tarp on the roof? They broke. You know why they got Santa Spurs and all that kind of stuff in the yard because they broke? You don't no, don't you don't let your grass look bad. Y'all ain't seen that. You don't let your grass look bad. Gra your grass look bad, that's the first sign you broke. Then when your grass bad and you got a blue tarp on your roof, you are broke. That's the first clue. But you don't have to stay that way. Because he came and said, I'm going to preach some good news to you. Now, you would think that people want to hear it. But I'll show you here that sometimes you can have been bad off so long. You don't even want to hear it. And I'm, I'm afraid, if you allow that, that there are people who sit right in here. Who you've been bad off so long. You don't even want to hear what I'm saying. You just here because I can't find another church that, you know, I like them people. They're nice people. Somebody might give me something. Buzzards. You're not really trying to, trying to receive the word. You're just trying to hang around. Somebody might give you a refrigerator or something. need you to be sitting around waiting on nobody to hand out no refrigerator and no, no bag of chips and stuff like that. No, he wants you to have your own money. Your own prosperity so you can go about doing good. Go to Exodus 6 real quick. Are we okay on time? Y'all alright? Exodus 6. Second book of the Bible, Exodus 6. I'm trying. I'm trying, man. We ready to go. We ready to roll. Come on. That did it. That's enough. Isaac, when Isaac was speaking to Esau after Jacob had stolen a blessing, and, Jay, and Esau said, hey, ain't nothing you can do for me? He said, tell you what. He said, when you've had enough, you'll break his yoke off your neck. And the, reason, the problem for many people in here is you ain't had enough yet. You ain't got mad yet. You ain't had enough yet. But my wife and I, we, a few years ago, we had enough. This is, this is, this is, no, we had enough of this brokenness. Brother, there's poverty, nothing there's lack, nothing there's waiting, hoping somebody to call us on the way home when they, they cook dinner for us. We had enough of that. What is that vengeance in faith? Yeah, praise God. Every once in a while you want to get off, get off the, 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 the roller coaster. You just want to... You don't, I, you, you don't want nobody calling your house no more. Scared to answer your own. You paying for the phone and scared to answer it. 
Oh, y'all ain't saying You paying for the phone and scared to answer the doggone phone. Then I found out if you don't answer your phone, they'll call your neighbor's phone. They'll call your phone. They'll call your friends. We have people calling their phone for us. How y'all calling them for us? Because we owe them money. Don't be calling questioning me about my tithes. You can't be giving all that money to the church and you owe us. That's what they'll tell you something like that. They'll get you all, they'll get you way up here. You want to go through the phone and just choke somebody, don't you? But you can't do it because you're saved. Are you in Exodus 6? I've had enough. I, I said, I've had enough. You know what? I'm going to tell you this is what God has us. We've had enough of our current level. Well, you write a $5,000 check. I had enough of that. That's, that, ain't, that ain't arrived. I need to be able, when somebody say, we lost our place, our apartment, our house, we need to be able to say, let's go shopping. Let's find a neighborhood you would really like to live in. We're just going to go ahead and buy your place and just, God bless you. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put a pin in that. Because, because I, I got I to gotta rattle a devil right there. Because the Lord dealt me over, about this over this past week. Because I just said that about us being able to buy somebody a house. And everybody got excited. You know what God's really excited about? You getting your own house. You know, and I told my, I told my wife this, because when, when God dealt with me about it, I'd go to her and say, you know, this is just what people, I, I think we've, we've in, our, in our trying to make sure we're not covetous and not selfish, we have to say things like, you bless other people. But can I give you the reality of God's heart? Can I give you the reality of God's heart? You know the reality of God's heart? You know why he wants to give you all this stuff? It's just for you to enjoy it. Y'all ain't sending them to me yet. See, I can tell some of y'all, some of y'all, y'all, y'all buttoning up y'all. See, because we're, we're so doggone scared of receiving. Like, like receiving is going to corrupt you. If receiving can corrupt you, you already corrupt. He said in 1 Timothy 6, 17, I richly give you all things to enjoy. He said in, in John 10, 10, number 5, I came that you might have and enjoy life to the full, to the overflow. So you got to get it enjoying full before you overflow. I told my wife yesterday, I said, I said, baby, when we buy things and give things to our kids, we don't say, hey, take this so you can share with people. 
I knew I'd probably lose about 10, 12 of y'all right there. We give them things for them to enjoy. If they share it, that's their business, they ain't got to share it. Now, some of y'all struggling right here. You're struggling with the fact that God wants you just to have stuff to enjoy it. No, we're going to be a blessing. No, you're going to be blessed and be a blessing. You can't be a blessing till you be blessed first. And God's primary goal is for you to be blessed. So, you know, we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to say things sometimes to appease your, your spirit because you have to say things like, well, you know, get seven cars so you can drive one and give six away. No, he, you know what? If you want to have seven cars just to have seven cars, just have seven cars so you can have seven cars. If you want five houses to have five houses, just have five houses to have five houses. You ain't got to give none of it away. I just want you to hear that now because that's going to rub folk the wrong way. Just because just I want it. This is God said I can have it. Now, what's going to happen naturally? If you have the divine nature of God in you, naturally you're going to say, you know, I want to share this. I want to, I want to bless people. I want to do it. I, that's, that's what's going to, it's going to happen. If you, see, but unless you're already corrupt. If you're already corrupt, you ain't going to give nothing. You ain't going to share nothing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's what he said, 1 Timothy 5, see that's 1 Timothy 6, 17. He richly gives us all things to enjoy. Then the next verse says, then be, uh, uh, be willing to share and ready to distribute and all that kind of stuff like that. But after you enjoy. Primarily, it's still for you to just enjoy. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Zilla, you got that? Yes. Just to enjoy. Yes. Yes. To the point you don't feel guilty about walking in, 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 a, in a mall and buying whatever you want. And people tell you stuff like, well, all them poor kids over in Africa and they don't have. Praise God. God is an equal opportunity God. What we need is more missionaries who will preach the prosperity to Africa instead of preaching poverty to Africa. And then when Africa puts down their idols and worship the only living God, when they get a hearing for prosperity, then it don't matter to God if you're on a mountain in Africa or you're in the suburbs in America, God will raise you up. And God is so good. Matthew, God is so good, he can give you all things to enjoy and you can still help people all day long. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm off topic, but y'all, I'm off script. I'm on topic, but I'm off script. And here's the problem you're going to have to get used to. Is the more you bless people, Oh, let me come over here. 
is the more you bless people, the more he going to give you to enjoy. He just going to keep on loading you up more and more. And more. What you going to do with all that stuff if you... Ladies and gentlemen, this is the voice of prosperity. I don't care about what the economic situation in America is. Well, if Trump, or if somebody, I don't, my prosperity had nothing to do with Trump, or rump, or dump, or bump, or hump the dump deal, nobody else. My prosperity is, can I hear the voice of God? And when I hear it, will I obey the voice of God? Now, I'm going to need y'all to not be angry. Not angry with me. Be angry with you. Be angry with that low bank account. Be angry with all that debt sitting there like, you don't have that student loan for 30 years. 30 years on a student loan, that's too long on that student loan. Ain't even working in your field. <laughs> Got all that degree and working in a different field. Yeah, some didn't even graduate and got all that student loan debt. And it's still, you still making payments? Now, I know what you're talking about. My wife and I were making them for years. We're making them for years. But I'm talking about if we hear the voice, our plan wasn't working. But you heard the voice. Glory to God. It ain't going to be long. That little last little debt right there is going to be gone, Jasmine. All you need is a voice. Are you in Exodus 6? Y'all still have a little more time? Good, you give your turkey wings a little more time. They let them, let them. They're still tough. Your greens are still tough. Just let them, let them stay a little, little longer. Break down all the fiber in the, in the turkey wings. Some of y'all got some baked chicken in the oven, some barbecue chicken. Let, then let it break on down. Glory to God. You just keep hearing what I'm saying. One day, you ain't got to be cooking all that stuff. I told my wife, I said, baby, I said, Solomon had 12 chefs. Solomon had 12 chefs, one each month. And the other 11 months, they would travel the world to find the best spices, the best foods, so when it was their month on duty, they prepared the best for Solomon. And Jesus said, a greater than Solomon is here. And we're not in Solomon, we're in Christ. So God can give me 12 chefs. I ain't talking about Bear either. Because Bear got to have his own 12.
That's, that's, really, that's really you follow the Bible. It's the heathen. The Bible says strangers will feed your flock. Strangers. Not your brethren. Strangers. That means it's going to be heathens working for you. Let them wash your clothes. You ain't got nothing to be washing your clothes. Luke, man. How old are you? 17, 18? 18. If I were at 18 and heard this, it was out there. I just didn't hear it. Twelve chefs. Bar no, I have them cook nutritional, nice nutritional meals. Plan them out, Barbara. Glory to God. 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 Would, would y'all wives enjoy that, having 12 chefs? say that. It's, it's not time to say that. No, it's not time to say that yet. Bro. No, no, I would not say that. It's not time to say that yet. Glory to God. It's not time to say that yet. And what I want to say, people couldn't handle. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you later. Exodus 6. How broke are you? How bad off are you? Now, I'm not talking about your finances right now. I'm talking about on the inside. Look at uh, Exodus 6. Now, in Exodus 6, where, where are the children of Israel? They're in Egypt. On their own? They're in bondage. Slaves. 400 plus years. All their wealth that they came there with has been stolen. They have nothing. Broke. Now, God sends a prophet with a voice of prosperity to go and preach and tell them I'm bringing them out. They've been asking for it. They've been crying. You read chapter 3, and, the, and God told Moses, he said, I've heard the cry of the people. He said, I heard it. So he sends them a prophetic voice. Now, can I tell you what happens? So he goes to them and tells them God's going to bring y'all out. And they get excited the first time. Praise God, God's going to bring us out. And then he tells Pharaoh, let, you know, God said, let my people go and so forth. And then Pharaoh, Pharaoh, because he knows that God's about to come out, he makes things harder on them. Somebody will catch that by Thursday. He made things harder because a prophetic voice stirs up the spiritual realm. The prophetic voice. I don't mean a preacher. There's plenty of preachers preaching today and they ain't stirring up jack but people's emotions. But a prophetic voice stirs up the spiritual realm. Demons are put on alert when a prophetic voice speaks. And you have a prophetic voice speaking in this atmosphere today and demons are put on alert right now. So don't be alarmed, don't be surprised when they all of a sudden try to make things harder and tighter on you. Because they know you're about to come out. 
You better come out of this thing, girl. Demons are put on notice. They get afraid because they don't want to lose you. talking about you being in sin talking about there's these these demonic poverty devils these sickness devils these pain devils these oppression devils that's they've had you trapped like they had them trapped 400 years some of y'all you've been we well, I know I know about it but, but I'm talking about you you've been trapped for 10 and 20 and 30 years Cycles of oppression, cycles of depression, cycles of lack and poverty, cycles of death, and can't get out. But a prophetic voice speaks. And when that prophetic voice speaks, all of a sudden the demons, they get, oh God, oh we nervous. They nervous now. So now they got to they they tighten the wrench on you. Can I ask a question? Just be, all, and be honest with me. How many of y'all, since you've been in this church, you felt like the demons have kind of tightened things up on you? Tell, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth. It's not because the message is wrong and it don't work. It's because the message is right and it's working. That's it. You're right. Yes, sir. I mean, if you've been heeding the voice, if you've been obeying the voice, then the message, the, the message is working and the demons are saying, oh, we can't let them go. They know what happens when somebody heeds the voice. And so by the time you get to Exodus 6, Pharaoh has turned the heat up on them. Now he's, he, he's giving them twice as much work and have as much resources. They're working harder with less. Trying to meet the same quota. With, oh, Jesus. They have less to do what they have to do. But it didn't matter to God. And because what, 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 what he wants to do, what Pharaoh wants to do is break their spirit. And the devil knows if he can break your spirit, then you can be in a prophetic atmosphere like this. And can't hear nothing. If he can break your spirit, you'll be in a prophetic atmosphere like we were in Frankfurt and come home and just nothing. Watch this, watch this. Exodus 6, are you there? I want to show you here, I preached this some years ago, the seven-fold plan of redemption. Notice it says here, therefore say to the children of Israel, watch, watch how he starts off his announcement, I am the Lord. Verse 8, he closes out by saying, I am the Lord. Did y'all catch that? He starts by saying, I'm the Lord, I'm Jehovah. He ends by saying, I'm the Lord, I'm Jehovah. Which means everything in between that he's going to say to us is covered by his Jehovah-ness. <laughs> it 
it's covered by Jehovah means the existent one, the existing one. So it's covered by the fact that I'm that He exists. So as long as I exist, this is gonna come to pass. You got it? Verse six. I'm the Lord. I want you to watch. Mark this down in your Bible if you can. God has a sevenfold plan for your redemption. You see it each time He says, "I will." Watch the first, the first part of your redemption. I will bring you out. You better underline, highlight that. So first thing God does for you, he says, I'm going to bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. The Egyptians, that word Egyptian, if you trace that word back in, in, the, in the, its, its meaning means limiter. It, it, it's, it's literally, Egyptian means two straits. So you're stuck between two straits. So it's a limitation. So in other words, I'm going to bring you out from under limitations. How many of y'all tired of living under limitations? Come on now. Credit limit, spending limit, limit where you can live, limit what you can drive, limit what you can wear, limit what you can eat, limit how much time you have, limit, limit. That's, it. That's the devil wants to keep limits on God's people. And God's people are meant to live without limits. So he says, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to bring you out from under the limitations. Number two, I will rescue you from their bondage. King James used the word rid. The Lord showed me this a few years back, and that word absolutely set us free. Because when you read that word rid in the Hebrew, it literally translates to snatch. Oh, I don't, I don't know if y'all catch that. I don't, I don't know if y'all caught what I just said. When I got a hold of that a few years back, Elder Baker, the, I, God said, I said, God, you, you will snatch us out? None of y'all know what snatch means. But if you've been in the hood and you've seen two girls fighting with weaving their head, and somebody we've got snatched out, I don't mean snatch in a good way. They, they say somebody snatched now, that means good. No, snatch means like to be ripped out. A sudden removal. You can go to the, to the beauty salon, the shop, and have somebody remove your weave, or you can get it snatched out. Oh, I hope you hear this voice of prosperity because somebody, if you hear what I'm saying to you today, God is about to snatch you out of your debt, snatch you out of your poverty, snatch you out of your life, snatch you out of your life. I don't care how long it's been, God's going to snatch you out. Deep, deep. Y'all know what a purse snatcher is? Yes, sir. You know why a purse snatcher is effective? Because it happens so quickly, you don't have time to react. You don't have time to react. And by the time they snatch it, they're, they're gone, and you can't even get it back. God said, I'm about to snatch you out of the hand of the devil. He's not even going to have time to react. He's not even going to have time to get you. He's going to snatch you out. When we got a hold of that, it wasn't long. I, we can't explain how it happened. That's because it's snatching. It's a snatching. Quarter million dollars in debt, and we got snatched out. Yeah, Pastor, I got $182,000 in debt. It 
don't matter when God snatch you out. Fannie Mae can't catch you. Sally Mae can't catch you. Jenny Mae can't catch you. Capital One can't catch you. Bank of America can't catch you. They're going to look at what happened. What happened? We're gone. We've been snatched. It's the same. It's the same. Uh, it's, 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 it's the same picture of the rapture. The word rapture, it literally means we're going to be snatched away. Caught up. Caught away. You're about to get rapture right about all that mess you've been in. <laughs> oh, God. Number three, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with great judgments. That word redeem means pay, pay off everything. Remember I taught you that Wednesday night? Uh, Boaz was Ruth's kinsman redeemer. To redeem means to pay off everything, to pay everything back. So I will, I will bring you out. I will rid you, snatch you. I will redeem you. Verse 7, I will take you as my people. As my people. You're not going to serve them people no more. You're going to be my people. Number, number four, I will be your God. No, this is number five right here, right? I will be your God. I will be your God. I will be your God. Whatever you need, I will be your God. Serve me, I will be your God. You don't have to worry about anything else. I will be your God. Got it? I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Then he said, verse eight, I will bring you into the land. So I'm taking you out of their hand, and I'm going to bring you into the land. So whenever God does something, whenever he brings you out, there's someone he's going to take you in. It wouldn't be complete until, you t until he take you into it. In other words, so, you know, when you come out of debt, can I just talk about finances? When you come out of debt, you're just back to zero. But God is just going to bring you out of debt, baby. He's going to take you into something. He's he just going to bring you out of being evicted all the time. He's going to bring you into a place that's yours. Look at that. Whoa, look at that. I'm going to take you out, but I said I'm going to bring you in. Now watch this, because he ain't done. He ain't done. The last one, he says, and I will give it to you. Y'all, you better catch that. I will give it to you. I will give it to you. Huh? He said he's going to do what? You're going to buy it. You're going to have to finance it? He said, I'm going to give it to you. So you ain't reached the pinnacle until everything is being given to you. He said, I'm going to give it to you. You ain't got to worry about it. I'll give you the car. I'll give you the house. Glory to God. He said, I'll give it to you. Now, how many of y'all excited about those seven things? Now watch verse 9. Watch verse 9. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel. He told them everything God said. But they did not heed Moses. Why didn't they heed him? Because of angels of spirit and cruel bondage. You see how excited you were about those seven things? But they heard those same seven things directly from Moses. Direct from God. And they couldn't hear it. Why? 
We're so broken. So discouraged. Spirit is so uh, anguished. They're, 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 they're torn apart. They're, 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 they have no strength left anymore in their spirit. Been beaten down by the system so long. Things have been wrong so long they can't even hear it. And that's what I get afraid of for people in the, in the house of God who you'll hear the same word but because you've been beaten down you can't even receive it. All I know is hard work. Give me that same verse please in the, the CEV. Verse 9, CEV. I'm, I'm, I'm about to quit. I'm going to quit right now. When Moses told this to the Israelites, they were too discouraged and mistreated to believe him. And that's what this system, this world system does to people. It works to discourage you and mistreat you so long and so bad you can't believe the prophet's voice. Discouraged. Mistreated. Well, that system mistreats people, D. Oh, absolutely. It, mis- it's just, it mistreats people. I got I to gotta stand in line for two hours and sit down in the office two hours to qualify for some milk and some cheese. Tell your whole life story just so I can get some milk cheese and some cereal we don't even want to eat. Ask me how I know. I used I used to get all the wick that they gave me. Wick, y'all know what wick is? I used to be a single dad. I was on all the wick. And I used to sit right up in that office. You tell them everything they want to know. Even have to make up stuff. So I can get some wick cheese, some of that wick milk, wick cereal. And kids don't even like that old cereal. Because you can't get good cereal with the wick. That's mistreated. Got bad credit, they're going to mistreat you. Everything. It's just, it's just it's a system that, that just mistreats you. And when you have been in it so long and bound by it so long and, and you work in your job, you're going to work in 40 hours a week and you know you don't train three people in a job and they get promoted before you. I'm going to come over here on this side. You train three people and they get promoted and you still in your position. Mistreated. And if you're not careful, you can become so discouraged by that that when you hear the prophetic voice of prosperity, you can't even hear it. You can't, you can't even take heed to it. Give me one more translation. Give me the, the easy to read version. I want y'all to see this one here. And we're going to have to stop. We're going to have to stop. We'll pick it up Wednesday night. Easy to read version. So Moses told this to the Israelites. 
but the people would not listen to him. They were working so hard that they were not patient with Moses. The system is designed to make you toil and work so hard to make a living. I got to work one job, and when I get off that one job, I go, go run through a drive-thru, get me a little sandwich, then go to my second job, and when I finish the second job, then I got my little side hustle over here, and I'm working so hard. Because a system is designed to destroy your family, your faith, your spirit, to break you down so much. So now all I know how to do is just work. That's all I just work. Bump it. I'm going to just work. Just work. And it ain't working. You working, but it ain't working. Three jobs. Ain't nothing happening. Still broke. Why? Because you working, I'm going to tell you like I heard Bill Winston say this years ago, you running faster, running harder the wrong way. In other words, you can be going the wrong way and things not working, so you run faster and harder. It's still the wrong way. No, you can, you can, it ain't fast and harder, you just got to change your direction. Now run the right way. Now you can just walk into it. Walk at ease, the Bible says. To a dead end. They like to call it a cul-de-sac. It's a dead end. You ever heard people say, I got a dead end job? Dead end careers, all that kind of stuff. You know, you know how to open the end up? Hear the voice of prosperity. Every time it opened it up. So they were not patient with Moses. Why would he, why would the Bible say not patient with Moses? Because Moses wasn't giving them an overnight answer. He was giving them words and instruction that they'd have to follow. And when they followed the voice of Moses, who was speaking on behalf of God, things were going to turn around. Let me close out. We'll pick it up Wednesday night. Um, yeah, I'll stop there. I'll stop there. God, I don't want you working so hard. That's not how, that's not how it works. Now, I didn't say God doesn't want you working and being diligent. I'm talking about you working hard in your own plan. Nothing wrong with the job. God gives you a job, praise the Lord. But he, I didn't tell anybody to quit, right? I'm not telling you. God tells you that, you better hear from God and follow what God said. But I'm, uh, right? <laughs> but you need a voice. Here's, here's a deal I'm, I'm making with you. My promise to you, promise primarily to God is I'm going to be straight up with you now. No more sugarcoating. No more kids' gloves. No more holding back. No more, you know, just trying to 
say it as much as you can handle it and stuff like that. I got I to gotta, I gotta oops upside your head a couple times. Y'all know what I mean by that? <laughs> say it in a way that jars you enough. That okay, okay, all right, let me wake up out of this. We've been this way 400 years. This ain't working. You got it? But I need you to hear. And when you hear, do. Um, and when you do, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. Glory to God. Y'all receive that today? Jump on your feet if you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, it's not today, but it'll, it'll be some point here soon. And God will show me when. When there'll be a time, a Kairos moment to release a prosperity uh, anointing. Well, haven't we been on that before? Yes. We're going to keep releasing it. Until you're taking it. Matter of fact, we, there's a song we're saying, just one dose of the Holy Ghost, not enough for me. <laughs> So if we just keep on dosing you up <laughs> with prosperity anointing juice, glory to God, you keep on getting it. Listen to me, and listen to me very carefully. The prosperity anointing and the prosperity voice will have more effect than just on your finances. Your marriage will get stronger. I guarantee it. Your body will experience a new sense of divine health and healing than, than what you've known before. Because it's the same anointing. It's the same anointing. And once it enters in, you know, they, you, they, take, they take medicines now that were intended for one thing that now they use for something else. Am I right about it? Because they found out, you know, it, it'll, it'll help this or treat that. I don't know about helping, but it'll treat whatever, whatever, whatever it does. It'll do something for different things. So the prosperity anointing, it'll affect more than just your pocket. Glory to God. It'll affect your children. Everything about your life. Amen? And so we're going to keep building up until he says, all right, release it now. Okay? Okay. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody born again? Who's not born again in here? You're not, you're not already saved. You're not already saved. Not already born again. Not already part of the family of God. Everybody here already saved? Okay. Good. If you're saved, if you're born again, you're not qualified to be poor. You're not qualified to be poor. You don't meet the requirements for poor, for being poor, unless you do some kind of poor actions. Got it? You're qualified to be rich. Guys, bring the table out. My wife and I, as I told you early in the year, we entered into covenant to become millionaires. We're not there yet. 
but God's taking us there. He's, he does the work. We don't have to try to figure out how to do it. I'm going to try to figure out what to sell, what to do. That's not my issue. It's he does the work in us. And so we begin to sow seed for that. Large seed as, Lord, as the Lord directed us. But it wasn't until yesterday we were sitting there in our prayer time. And I said, we never took communion over that. I said, wait a minute, we never, we never took communion. And so, you know, I went and got us some grape juice and some crackers and so forth and uh, brought out and, and we took communion over that. And we communed over 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. I want you to get on the screen, please, media. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Because this verse is a cross scripture. It's a cross scripture. In other words, this is something that happened on the cross. But I want you to see one of the things that happened on the cross. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor on the cross. Why did he become poor on the cross? That you, through his poverty, might become rich. So you being rich is not some non-spiritual issue. You being rich is not some greed issue, not some materialistic issue. You being uh, rich is a blood-bought and paid-for spiritual issue. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So we, we communed over that yesterday. Today we're going to take communion over that. We're going to commune about you being rich. You agree to that? About to bow your heads. Father, thank you today for giving us opportunity to receive this bread and this juice which represents Jesus Christ's body and blood that was broken and then shed for us. Thank you, Father, that for all Jesus Christ went through on the cross. Your word says that he bore all of our pains, all of our punishment. Your word says with his stripes we are healed. Your word says, Father, that Jesus Christ became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The word says that he became a curse for us so that we could receive the blessing of Abraham. And we also see right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, that Jesus Christ became poor so that we, through his poverty, might become rich. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ over every person under the sound of my voice who will receive this communion, this Lord's Supper today, that God, we receive what 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 declared for us. We receive our financial prosperity. That we no longer will abide and live in poverty. Because Jesus Christ took all of our poverty. He became poor so that we through his poverty might become rich. God, we, we receive rich today. We receive rich today. We receive rich in our spirits, in our souls, in our manifestation. We receive rich today. Thank you.
You said the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. So we call upon you. And we do even as, as, as Psalm 118 verse 25 declared, we say save now, send prosperity. Save us, Lord. Send now prosperity. We receive it. Thank you that it's done. It's so in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Glory to God.